0: Hello, my fellow incumbents of the oft-abused planet Earth. Welcome to The Natural High Club, a podcast dedicated to the pursuit of happiness in all its glorious forms. On the menu this week, I have a wonderful interview to unleash upon your ever-discerning ears. I'm speaking to Tom Burznall. Tom's an almost annoyingly successful, conscientious and charming man who seems to thrive in whatever he turns his hand and head to. His current role is as director of Miami Burger, Miami Burger makes plant-based comfort food with a particular emphasis on health and nutrition. In this fascinating pod, we discuss astral projection, the food status quo, DMT, working remotely on a Florida beach, and the squillion dollar question, will we learn our lessons from coronavirus? You can find out more about Tom and his amazingly noble venture at miamiburger.co.uk or with a simple search on Facebook or Twitter, etc., And don't forget to subscribe to The Natural High on iTunes to get every new pod straight to your phone. Enjoy the show. In America as well, though, right?
1: Yeah, well, I used to spend the summers out in Miami. Um, have you got American family,
0: or was it just a no, particular ponchant
1: no. It was. It's um, basically several years ago. I had a, a recruitment car. Co- I still got the recruitment company, but I had a recruitment company, and like like four or five years ago, it was, I was a one man band, and um, we wanted to have a family holiday. But I still needed to kind of do calls and all of that. It was headhunting. So we found that Miami was a good one. So I could wake up at, say, 5 in the morning in Miami, which was 10 o'clock UK time, mm. um, work through to midday, which was 5 o'clock UK time, and then basically have the afternoon off, you know, on the beach with the family. And Love all that. So we, it. We just thought that that worked really well. You know, like my daughter and my wife, they'd go to, say, some place in the, in the in the morning, or do a bit of shopping, and then you know we'd have lunch together. I'd meet them somewhere on South Beach for lunch, and then we'd go to the beach, or we'd go somewhere. So it was just it was a nice lifestyle thing, you know. We'd do it for four weeks at a time, and then sometimes we'd go to the Bahamas afterwards. <sighs> so it was, so that's where uh, that's where the game the name obviously Miami Burger came from. So
0: right okay and is there a particular type of miami burger i mean is it is it famous in those parts i have been to a couple of times okay
1: no 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 it was just uh, it was just the idea that came came from it was in miami where i came up with the idea that basically you know the vegan food you know i I went vegan because of animal welfare and animal rights Mm. um but um you saw the opportunity as well well, it wasn't even that. It was just – I just felt that the food that was coming out was just a crock of shit in terms of um, the health. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, like the some of these burgers that they were doing were 10, 15, 16 grams of saturated fat. And I thought, well, hang on a minute. Aren't I meant to only be eating 20 a day if I've got an active lifestyle? And I had a desk job at the time. So really, they say if you have a desk job, you walk off a third. So really, I shouldn't be eating more than, say, 13 grams of saturated fat. And I was, and some of these patties before the cheese and before the bun were were 16 grams of sat fat. And I thought, oh, good lord. So, um, so I thought, can we create some stuff without the palm oil, without all the other crazy stuff they put in, and make it healthy? Um, so that was kind of basically. What what's what kind of...
0: When did you decide then to, to move from headhunting, which was clearly sort of fairly lucrative, into into the food business? Was it a business opportunity? I mean, you're clearly a bit of an entrepreneur. Have you always had an interest in food? Well,
1: actually, so I had my recruitment business, um, which which it runs itself. There's, there's, you know, so I've got staff that do that in London and in Windsor. And after that, I, I got into um, property development, actually started buying pubs that were going out of business and then um, knocking them down and converting them into to housing, and then I got into and then I got into care homes after that. So actually, this was like the fourth, my fourth kind of business, and this was a, this was the business for for passion because I turned vegan about five years ago. Why? And why? Uh, so basically, I kind of had that kind of awakening that you know I thought you know I was one of those people that said oh, I'm a big animal lover.
0: Mm. whilst
1: eating a dead animal and I mm. thought well and I used to kind of you know have that kind of cognitive dissonance you go oh yeah but but um you know it's grass-fed or it's organic or it's free <laughs> range and all the other bullshit mm. that you kind of try and kid yourself yeah. and, and, uh, and in fact I, I turned vegetarian first and then I turned and, well first of all I gave up meat but I, I kidded myself that somehow fish Didn't feel pain and all of that kind of stuff. And then I thought, well, you know. And then someone presents you with new information. You go, actually, okay. Uh, You try and kid yourself that. And I kind of went down that road. So basically, it was it was through. um, I don't know if you've heard of astral projection, but I had an experience, an out of body experience, which I've since had again. Oh my God! You're such an interesting guy.
0: (laughs) Um, Oh, that
1: was crazy. John, I was living in the capitalist world, driving fancy cars. You're living where? Uh, Sorry. I was living in the capitalist world, you know, okay, like yeah, shop, shop. enjoying the the fruits of luxuries and all okay. of these other things, and I had this experience which kind of just shattered the whole my whole view of consciousness. And are all you happy that.
0: to describe it in detail?
1: Yeah, well, absolutely. So, so astral projection is um, basically it's an. Voluntary out of body experience. So, you know, some people, if they have, say, a car crash or, or some or, or some major accident, they might find themselves hovering above themselves on the operating table, um, and that's called an involuntary out of body experience. Astral projection um, is a voluntary out of experience, is where you kind of um, almost uh, through through deep deep meditation you can will yourself out of your body in spirit form or energy form or electric form. I mean, you know, obviously this is not mainstream science, so there'll be a lot of people listening to this, going, go, oh, it's a dream Mm -hmm. or whatever. That's fine, that's cool, and I would have been the same. I would have been the same had I been listening to myself. That's That's cool. But basically, astral projection is where you suddenly kind of, you kind of basically come out of your physical presence. And, you know, actually, if you look at religion, you know, this isn't as far-fetched as people think because most world religions believe that there is a spirit or a Gaia or a, um, or, or, or some type of prana or call it what you will. They believe mm. that there is a, 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 you know, something that might go to heaven or might go somewhere. Um, you know, the, the only difference between that and people that do or practice astral projection is that basically, you know, we believe that you can, you can get outside of your physical body without dying, you know. Right. And um, I guess that's that's the difference. And people that have done ayahuasca or uh, magic mushrooms or dimethyltryptamine or any of these other kind of thing might have had a similar experience. Um, yep. But basically, that, that the bottom line is when I when I fell out of my body, if you like, I, I basically suddenly saw, um, you know, animals, you know, that were across the road. And they were in spirit form. They were in, you know, basically balls of energy. And I looked at my own ball of energy, and it was the same colour of theirs. You know, it wasn't that. It wasn't that the cow's energy was blue and mine was white. It wasn't that my ball of energy was four times bigger. Or it was basically we were all the same energy. We were all connected onto this big grid, this looked like an electromagnetic grid or something. And it it was like, wow. And it, it was. I just saw. Um, this feeling of uh oneness it was like you know if i kill you i'm killing myself kind of thing And it was kind of like it was a bit kind of uh crazy you know crazy kind of spiritual it was like a spiritual awakening and such so so basically i came came out of that in the next you know and i said to my wife i "I don't i don't want to eat animals anymore and she what do you mean and i even (laughs) even stopped using the word meat and I, I was like, wow, I've, I, you know, I would have normally said, I don't want meat tonight. Sure. So even the word meat, obviously, we've, overgen- we've de- yeah we Yeah, obviously, as you were saying, we've depersonalized it. Correct. You know, we've we've changed the word, you know, from, from cow to beef, you know, from pig to pork, uh, in the same way that we did that to the Jews and to the black slaves in the 1820s. Wow. You know, we are doing the same now to... To other sentient beings, and mm-hmm. in the same way, or as black slavery, um, we, you know, we would kind of cushion it. You know, towards the end of the, to towards the end of the black slave trade, um, people would, you know, you'd get some more progressive slave masters that would give the slaves a day off on Sundays, and they go, oh, do, do you know, or, you know, or we're giving them the freedom of the range, or, or as we would call it now, free range. Um, you know, even the, the language and the semantics that we would do, we would try and justify um, the position of superiority. It's like, don't worry, oh we're going to give our slaves this, or we're going to give our slaves that, or don't worry, the Jews can stay with their families. And it's all the justification. The baseline is, you know, do you believe you're more superior, uh, you know, than the other, the other being you know? And and I say this when I speak to. I go, do you believe in racism? Or do you support racism? I go, of course I don't. I go, why don't you support racism? They go, well, you know, r- racism is where, where you believe that one race is superior to another by design, biology or culture. I go, yeah. Okay, so do you believe in gay rights? I go, yeah, of course I do. Why do you believe that? They go, well, because I believe that, you know, everyone should be equal, no, one should, no one's rights should supersede another's right. I go, okay, so what about speciesism? They go, what? The species and where you believe that one species i.e. homo sapiens should have superior rights i.e. that the right of a homo sapiens um, taste buds should trump the right of a cow's right to life and then and then that's when you lose them you see they go oh no no that's different well oh, why is that different to slavery then why is that different to racism oh yeah because racism is, is the same race oh yeah but they didn't even know what racism was until someone told them what, what racism was. You know, it's like and it's the same with speciesism. It's so, so um, true.
0: It's inherent, isn't it? We've been programmed this way and it will take generations for it to you know to finally come out of us, that ism, that discrimination towards animals.
1: And, and it's the same is is what, what you know, whether it's um, you know sexism or homophobia or whatever ism it is, the basic principle here is, you know, do you believe That one set of uh, beings should supersede another right to beings' life, and Mm. the answer. And I, you know, politically, I'm a libertarian. I'm I'm to the right uh, of most people you'll speak to, and it's for those reasons that I'm a vegan. It is do as you wish, as long as you don't impede another being's freedom to do as they wish. Right. And so, so a, a a carnivore might go well. No, another. I I agree with you. It's another. Human, it's another another individual's freedom to say. But should go well. No, that's and You've decided in the same way that a slave master go. No, I also believe in freedom. Freedom to do as the white the white man should do as the white man wants, as long as he doesn't impede another white man's right to to life. You see, you you like to exclude people in how you define freedom. But that's you know that's not how it is. So why do yeah, we do we'll, that?
0: Is that are we conditioned that way, or do you think that's an in, in, innate um, impulse?
1: we've we conditioned that way we we, mm. we um we're born you know and and the old you know the old um the old test goes you know you you put a baby in a a cage with an apple and a, a rabbit they which one do they eat first and which one do they play with and obviously they they play with the rabbit and cuddle the rabbit and they eat the apple when they get hungry Good they fun. don't do the other way thing so you know we sp- we spend we spend decades you know teaching kids at school not to harm animals don't be cool to animals don't pull the legs off the day long legs and don't don't hurt um the little rabbit or the little fly or whatever it is we teach them at school not to do that you know and then at lunchtime at school we're feeding them dead minced up animals i mm-hmm. mean if that's not a definition of cognitive dissonance i don't know what it is mm. so it's um it's a strange one but you know we've commoditized animals so we don't even see them. Obviously, we've changed their names as well. I mean, there's some exceptions to that. People go, "Well, you say we've changed their names. What about chicken?" Mm-hmm. They go, "Okay, so, but, but as soon as you go chickens, and you make it plural, I mean, I did this to my daughter the other day. Who, who you know, she's a, a meat eater um, because you know the wife and um, the wife and I have different views. I mean, she's ninety nine percent vegan, but it's like the the daughter's found her voice. She's eight years old and <laughs> you know she so but anyway cut long story uh, short i say to her you know chickens i go do you want some chickens tonight Joe? daddy don't say that she doesn't like the confrontation right. you know, but if i say do you want chicken tonight it's okay as soon as i mention chickens she, she in her head she sees pictures of you know her things with feathers is and beaks right
0: yeah.
1: yeah 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 but if you say chicken well that's that no one says oh do you want to go to the farm and see chicken they go do you want to go to the farm and see chickens so right. actually there is a there is even on the chicken there is there is a linguistical game that we've played over the generations right. to ease the conscience you know and, uh, and we, we
0: depersonalize semantically but we also depersonalize with the way that food is packaged and presented to that meat is packaged and presented to people as well because it looks nothing like an animal really by the time it gets to the plate a of lot course of the time. And
1: and, and you ask most people, you know, do you want to behead your own chicken and depluck pluck it? They go, God, no, I'd never do that. I'd probably turn vegan overnight if I had to do that. And so, it sounds is...
0: extreme, but that's exactly how I would run things, you know? If people want to eat meat, then they should have to kill it themselves. Yeah. Hunt together.
1: Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And and you get some of my friends who go, yeah, I'd do it. Uh, you know, like, yeah, I could kill an animal. And do you know what? I'm sure they could um, mm. because people people do. And But then I go to them. Does that really make does that make you a man? Does that does that give you enhanced masculinity? Because there's this kind of thing in society that, you know, if you're a meat or you're masculine, you know, and you're strong. I go, well, what's your definition of a strong man? See so my definition of a strong man in society is a man that protects the weak, protects the innocent, and protects the voiceless, be that little children, uh, be that um vulnerable elderly uh or or disabled for me that, that is a strong man someone who sticks up for those that have no voice to themselves Absolutely. So, strength so, is kindness so, strength is kindness and it's also the ability to say it's a don't don't do this you know like we've got the we we have the privilege of being at the top of the proverbial um food chain kings of the jungle kings of the jungle and and actually with that comes responsibility you know it's like saying well um, I'm stronger than my I'm stronger than that nine year old over there. Does that give me the right to abuse, behead, rape that person? Of course it doesn't. But that's the that's the you know, that is the basically the hypothesis. You go, well if I'm stronger than you, therefore I can kill you, rape you, molest you, whatever. Um, you know, and that's and that's a crazy thing. But you know, this is what this is why people get annoyed with vegans it's because you they give them these hypotheticals and they give them these kind of philosophical things and it kind of rubs people up the wrong way because you you're jarring against something that they've done for 20 30 years and they don't like it and i didn't like it 10 years ago if someone said the same to me i would have gone up oh, vegans go away you know you can do what you want to do but you give i'm allowed my rights to do what i want to do you know, and that's the kind of that's the way they say. But look, I don't have a problem with you eating, you eating vegetables. That's a problem. But you know, I should still be able to eat my steak. And I go, yeah, and I should still be able to have a, a black slave. What's wrong with that? And they go, what do you mean? You know, like you just kind of trip them up, because it, basically, obviously, they don't see animals, other animals, the same as the human animal, and that's and that's the uh, and that's the issue, obviously.
0: Absolutely. And it comes down to empathy at the end of the day, doesn't it? I mean, again, I think it's been an evolution for most people who've become vegetarians and vegans. And for me, it was having a dog. It made me empathize with the animal world so much more where, as you say, there'd been so much cognitive dissonance before that. The production on mass and the the consumption of animal products on mass is causing global pandemics and crises at this point. Are we going to make the necessary changes in the world? Will there be drastic changes? Will we shift the paradigm after coronavirus, or will we just go back to business as usual?
1: I don't think it's going to be a revolutionary step change, but it, but it has. I think it's got some people thinking. Look, I think there is going to be a post mortem analysis on all of this, and at the moment, and I've seen it with some friends. I go, what caused uh, coronavirus? And they go. Oh no! but there's two scores of four, so go. It's a bloody Chinese and their <laughs> dirty eating habits. Right. Uh, not all my friends sound like East East End London.
0: <laughs> kind of. <laughs> no, most, boys, of but, most of my impressions. Most of my impressions sound Cockney.
1: But um, but they'll go bloody Chinese eating wild wild animal eating dogs. That's that's sick. That is. Mm. And um, I go so and, and and these people, you know, I I went past the butchers the other day. There's people queuing outside the butchers. And I go Jesus. Or has, has, has this has this experience taught us nothing? Um, so there's those people, and then there's the other people that go, oh, "This is caused by 5G, Bill Gates, right. uh, a secret chem And it and it makes me laugh. That that latter one, right? You go, "Okay, um, bird flu was caused by the exploitation and you know mass consumption of birds. Um, swine flu was caused by the exploitation caging." and mass consumption of pigs and you keep going through it, and you go bse or cvjd uh, and you go and you keep going sars mers civic cats bats ebola bush meat monkeys um and, and then you go and then you go to this and then you go coronavirus they go ah coronavirus that's chemtrails with a little bit of 5g added to it and a secret secret biochem lab they go, hang on a bit, what about the other 11 viruses? Oh, yeah, that, that no, fine, they're all animals, but this one, no, this one is a secret BICAM lab supported by, you know, Bill Gates Foundation and, uh, you know, spread through 5G. I'm look, I'm a big fan, by the way, I'm a big fan of conspiracies, I'm a huge fan, mm. I love a conspiracy, but I don't buy it. And because we've seen the other 11 or so viruses are spread in the same way, um, so... So the problem is what people aren't doing at the moment is they aren't going to the root cause. They go, what's the root cause of coronavirus? They go, China and their wet markets. Yep. They go, no, no, what's the root cause though? Yeah, China and the wet markets. Anyway, the root cause is when you put lots of animals together and you know, in squalid conditions and you're eating things you, you're not meant to be eating. And they go, that's rubbish. It's just as they go, well, what about BSE? They go, oh yeah, that's different though. What about H one N one swine flu? Oh no, but that's different though. So again, people are trying to segment this and partition it in the same way that happened in BSE. When BSE happened, everyone goes, oh yeah, that's cows. I'm okay to eat lambs though, right? Um, so everyone likes to partition. Go, it's not, you know, it, it's not what it won't affect me because I'm eating this type of thing. I'm not eating wild. Oh, so you're not eating wild? What are you eating? Well, I'm eating. Uh, Mass-produced stuff with growth hormones and uh, antibiotics. Oh, that's all right then. F- thank fuck. I, you you nearly had me there. Thank God you're not eating wild animals. Um, you know, lucky it's you're eating the ones with the growth hormones and the antibiotics. You yeah. um, know, we all like so, to
0: deflect, don't we? We like to deflect the blame elsewhere so that we don't have to make any personal changes. We don't have to change the micro. Yeah. We just want to change the macro, and we're hoping it's not our of fault. Of course,
1: of course, and it's it's. The basic, the basic conclusion is stop eating dead, rotting flesh, mm-hmm. whether that's humans or animals or whatever. Stop eating it. You don't need to do that. And so I think there's an awakening here because uh, of, of for some people there, there's a change in mindset, as there was after BSE and stuff. That you go, hang on a minute, I've you know I'm, I'm locked in home now for six weeks. I've got to start eating healthier because then they also look at the facts of who's who's dying here out corona who who's dying It's people that've got pre existing conditions the yeah, old okay what are the pre pre existing conditions uh obesity uh or, or um uh you know morbid obesity uh and then there's heart disease type 2 diabetes these are all health related oh and guess what happens to be a group one carcinogen um well uh, tobacco asbestos <laughs> and processed meat what happens to be the biggest the biggest cause of cancer now, not tobacco, obesity. Well, what seems to be very high in saturated fat. Well, most animal products. So, um, I think there will be there's there will be in some in some quarters now this kind of thought. But it's not going to be a step change. But it's a step in the right direction. Um, you know, if there are any silver linings um, on, on this atrocity, it is that people are going to start thinking about what they put in their body. And what they consume, and how, and how we rear animals. You know, some people won't. Obviously, they'll go back absolutely day one. You know, oh, I'm distraught that Burger King's closed or McDonald's closed. You know, but hopefully, some people will change their behaviours and mindsets. And
0: it needs and the macro needs to start with the micro 100%, but also when you look at it from the other end, there are sort of um, economic forces at play here as well, aren't there? I mean, the fact that the, the slow transition from meat to plant-based food, for example, reminds me of the slow transition from fossil fuels to clean fuel. You know, there's a reticence on the part of the status quo, the establishment, to make those changes because they know that they'll have to take a hit financially in the first instance before they, you know, and they'd rather just carry on, uh, you know, pulling in all of those crazy revenues. For example, you know, big car companies, for example, they've just been totally overtaken now by Tesla who got their finger out and decided they actually wanted to, you know, have this mission to to create clean, clean energy, and clean cars. Uh, whereas and, and they've just they've, they've left the other the big car manufacturers behind now, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. They've goaded them. They've, uh, they've absolutely nailed them. And the same thing will happen. You know, you see a lot of car manufacturers now. They're moving to vegan leather. Right. Tesla were, Tesla were way ahead of them on that. Uh, now you're seeing Porsche doing it, and various others, and it will just trickle down. But
0: it takes one pioneer, uh, right? It takes one pioneer just to a, a, a disruptor, essentially.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it, and it's kind of like, and okay, fine, like I went vegan because of animal welfare, but um, whether you go vegan because you're concerned about the environment or you're concerned, you know, in terms of the carbon footprint, or you're actually concerned about what you're putting in your body after coronavirus you want to be more, more healthier. The cow doesn't care uh, the reason why you're not gonna behead him. He's just happy that you're not gonna behead him or, or yeah. bulk on him or, or slash him or whatever. You know, he, he you know, he'd prefer that you do it because you respect his rights, but actually he doesn't really care that you're you know, you're doing it because you know, you think you want to save the world or whatever. Um, so I think that's the, these are this, this trend is going to carry on it's not going this is not the Atkins diet this is not keto these you know these are strong trends because in fact when people when people do go um, vegan for health reasons and I've, I know a few people have done it what you'll find they do is they suddenly start having to justify it because when they go when they, when they say to friends oh, I've gone vegan and they go okay why have you gone vegan?" Um, Big fuss made, and they go, oh, "Don't, don't worry. Oh, don't, don't worry. Um, it's just for health reasons." Yeah. As if, as if they're justifying oh don't worry I'm, I'm still a soulless um, I'm still a soulless narcissist <laughs> bastard <laughs> don't get me wrong Bob it's difficult know? though don't, isn't don't... it
0: it is difficult in those social c- scenarios my sister for example every time I go over there and you know I express my food preferences she makes such a big fuss about it where there's no, no fuss is needed at all and I almost feel guilty that she's gone out of her way to make all these different types of foodstuffs when really I just eat the vegetables <laughs> exactly you know. yeah yeah it
1: is it's a strange thing but I think what happens is then people suddenly Start. Some people will start justifying and start picking up arguments about animal rights, even though they didn't come in on animal rights. It's like, oh yeah, but what about um, you know, why are you saying that? And they go, oh, well, actually, you know, like, uh, I guess uh, animals do have rights. We don't need to kill them anymore, do we? And then they get into an argument and they find themselves defend themselves, and it might be that they get caught out. Oh, yeah. Well, what would you do on a desert island if you were caught with a pig? Oh, God. You know? uh, and all of those, all the classic ones. Where'd you get your protein? And what happens is they go home that night from the pub and they go Google it and go vegan protein. And they go, oh shit. Right. I didn't know there was more protein in broccoli than there was in steak. Oh shit. I didn't know there was pro- more protein from peanuts than there was in, in uh, eggs and whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they look up the argument and go, oh shit, desert island argument. How do we get out of that one? Oh shit, well first of all, what's the pig doing on the island with me? I'll have I'll eat what he's eating. Um you know, and and so you then they then come back the next day, the next time that argument happens, they've got an answer for it. And um, I think that some people will do that. So yeah, they get tripped up a few times by these kind of you know, quite boring uh, kind of hypotheticals. Um, but but they end up they end up talking and defending animal rights even if they came in on oh I want to get my cholesterol down you yeah
0: know? I mean is it through so a, think, is it through a lack of information that we don't eat as healthily as we could or are we sort of programmed to want to eat shit you know if for example you were told uh, the perfect diet for you for longevity and health um, exactly what it was and you were given that food at every mealtime would you eat just that or would you stray off the path and eat less healthy foods too.
1: I think I think people would eat less. So, and by the way, you can still eat very unhealthily as a vegan, as you know. Absolutely. Um, You know, like peanuts, peanuts, salted peanuts, macadamia nuts, alcohol. You know, chips, chip shop chips. Um, there's so much, and in, in fact, any vegan chocolate basically is going to give you a heart attack. Oh, just I mean, you ever looked in vegan chocolate? You'd 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 cry. You'd you'd. Um, it's just basically coconut oil, okay. and you know, saturated uh, we, we, we'll, Yeah, saturated fats, huge amounts of saturated fats. Mm. You know, and saturated fat is is you know the, there's no, you know, when 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 other people will talk about well, c- sometimes calories can be good because it gives you energy all or there's no there's no good thing about saturated fats it is just saturated fat mm. um so anyway you got any good vegan the, the,
0: cheese recommendations
1: um my, my over in america daya cheese d uh, d-i-a-y-a daya cheese i like um the the diet the diet shreds uh, are probably the healthiest ones out there that's what we used in our test kitchen um so we shipped them over what are america. they daya yep Shreds, shreds. shreds okay. they're So the shredded version is actually healthier than the block version, um, because you know w- when you have to block cheese up, you you have to make it stick together. Means you okay. have to put more. You know the reason why coconut oil is used and things like palm oil is used is because it's it, at room temperature it's solid, right. whereas some of the other oils, you know olive oil and whatnot, isn't. So that's why they use these these kind of um, solid at room temperature oils, and unfortunately they're they're the, they are by definition a lot more unhealthier so there's that there's there's a lot more cheeses coming out now The more artisan cheeses like the made of cashew nuts mm-hmm. and stuff they're a lot healthier Okay. Um, but I don't think we've found the holy grail yet maybe that's something we should do in Miami burger is look at cheese but it's quite difficult in the same way that we've just brought out a dessert like a lucky little chocolate dessert and it's very difficult to make desserts Vegan or non-vegan as healthy you know, as as healthy mm. and tasty, you know, as a treat. But we, you know, we used we used sugar replacement, uh, um, Eretrol, uh, a company called Sucrin that make very very good um, low GI sugar uh, replacement. So we used a lot of that. Uh, we used you know uh, almond milk instead of some of the other more fattening ones. So we kind of tried our best, but it's still. You know, and we're, you know, our, our melt in the middle chocolate pudding is still like 60, 70% healthier than a regular one, but it's still three or four grams of sat fat, which is still, you know, quite high, you know, for, for someone to just have a little pudding of afterwards. Course. But, yeah. You know, it's
0: it's a treat. I've looked at the site and I love it. It's really clear messaging, literally everything you need to know about each meal with percentages of each and every ingredient in the meal, as well as all the nutritional details. So total transparency and sort of upskilling your audience and your your customers on, you know, the nutritional facts and ingredients of food, which I think it, it, it needs to happen because I'm still, as I said before, I'm amazed that in this day and age, the information age, we still seem to know so little about exactly what's good for us and in what quantities. But you seem to know a lot about it.
1: So is it? It's a- I've, I've kind of educated over my, over the years. Since you I had the business,
0: or, or, or?
1: Um, well, less but before the business, um, I started getting interested in nutrition because I, I I I lost about four stones. So um, I you know I got uh, after my uh, my first child, uh, my only child, at twenty eleven, um, she was born and. I think I was at my maximum weight I was like 16 stone and I'm now 11 and a half so wow. I kind of yeah I just kind of you know 11 and a half is what I what I should be and mm. I, just, I, don't know, I just let myself go over the years you get married your wife's a feeder she pummels you with food because she wants to make <laughs> you less attractive to the opposite sex I get it yeah. you know it's a great strategy happiness well done, equals love. obesity yeah and then I thought you know what? this is not good this is not good um, I went into a place once to get some jeans and um, I said, I need a thirty-eight, thirty. And they said, Excuse me, sir, I think you're probably more a little bit bigger than a thirty on the waist. <laughs> I said, like, no, no, I'm doing like a thirty, thirty-eight waist. And I was like, and the man was like, Good lord! He just couldn't help himself. Say, Good lord! I was like, Oh, this is time, this is
0: time for change. You look like a so, wife on uh, your profile pic on Skype.
1: <laughs> so I am now I'm okay. I've come through it but yeah on the packaging I mean we you know I've got a little secret plan basically and over the next three or four years we talked about that cognitive dissonance. What I'm going to be doing through that and social media is taking our is, is taking the public on a little journey. So we'll, we'll start by saying that like, our food is um, you know, vegan and then we'll change and we'll, we'll call it meat free and then we'll tweak it and we'll call it animal free. And then we'll t- tweak again. We we'll call it animal flesh free, and we're kind of just kind of nudging, you know, nudging the person, and evoking that kind of. What do you mean animal flesh free? Because you know, again, when you say animal flesh free, people start getting a bit angsty. They go, What do you mean? You know, uh, you know, what, what are you talking about? Well, that's what meat. That's what meat is. You know, it's
0: animal flesh. Yeah,
1: but you know. So you're going to get more
0: now. militant over time.
1: Yes, we're going to do it on it we're going to do it in a little a way where we we kind of offend offend as least people as possible. I mean, we will be offending because that's just the nature of the beast. Um, but it's part but, of the mission.
0: Who eats your food? Do, do meat eaters eat your food, or do vegetarians and vegans eat your food more? What's the market share? Um, do you
1: know, we haven't done the analysis, but we look at kind of who follows us on on Twitter, on on Twitter and Instagram and all that, and I'd say it's about a 50-50 split. We've got a lot of uh, Slimming World and Weight Watchers fans because, you know, we're, we're very healthy on the sat fat and on the calories. So we've picked up quite a few of those people along the way, which is fantastic. Amazing,
0: ah, It's proper so, healthy so, food, isn't it? I mean, it's in Holland and Barrett, for example, and they don't fuck about. They don't sell. No, they don't fuck about. They, they really yeah, they don't. Do. They've got stringent criteria, right, for the sort of food they'll accept and partner with.
1: Yeah, yeah, we had I had to fill out like loads of forms. You know, does, does it have this type of oil? Is it that? Is it? Is it got like MSG in? So, yeah, we we um we, we're in there. We're in. We're just about to launch into acardo which is an online retailer yep, in the U- them, yep. UK. You'll know that. Um, we're on Morrison's at the moment, and Amazing. we're launching to launch into the, the Netherlands soon. But yeah, I mean, I think we we've got obviously vegan, We've got a hardcore vegan following, but we've also got the healthy ones. We've got we've got people that are big gym buddies that like like the gym. Mm-hmm. You know a lot of our stuff's quite high in protein naturally um so yeah look we are not we're not you know we in an ideal world you'd have if you know, for, for your dinner you'd have legumes you'd have asparagus you'd have you know different coloured vegetables and, and salads and all of that you know that is really good pure raw vegan living but we know the reality of it is is that you know, you need to take people on a journey with you. Not everyone's going to tuck into a red quinoa salad, so yep. you know you need to give you need you need to give people burgers. Evolution people, rather than revolution. Of course, and if you and if you and people will go, yeah, but if you're vegan, what I don't understand is why would you want something that looks and tastes like chicken <laughs> if you don't like it? But first of all, if you've been eating chicken for the last twenty years, it you know you need something that psychologically gives you the visual and taste notes of chicken, you know, there's no point jumping you straight onto the red quinoa and secondly, most vegans don't go vegan because they don't like the taste of chicken, actually you probably like it a lot so actually if I can make something taste like chicken look like chicken, but doesn't have any LDL cholesterol any growth hormones, any antibiotics, any group 1 or group 2 carcinogens uh, and it doesn't involve and de deheading a chicken, then fucking why not?
0: Absolutely.
1: Go, yeah, but where are you going to get your protein from? Oh dear, we've got a problem there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's so, the human um,
0: condition. Increasingly, it's of um, selfishness, isn't it? That we, you know, we think about ourselves. We think about what suits our lifestyles, and you know how we can get ahead of everybody else, rather than the, you know natural thoughts of altruism. There, are, there isn't enough of it, is there?
1: It, there isn't. There isn't. I'm hoping we. you know? I'm a. I'm a bit of a. Um. I'm a bit of a kind of a spiritualist in 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 some senses. I'm hoping for this kind of global awakening of oh, consciousness and extension to come through yeah i'm an eternal optimist as well
0: but i just can't i I don't even want to say it but i just can't see it happening i think it's just everybody's just going to go back to the way things were until the next one comes along i'd love to think for example you know burger king they've adopted the impossible burger now obviously there's a clear distinction between your product and the impossible burger because you've taken it to a Mm. different level in terms of health and the the, the lack of saturated reduced saturated fat in there but burger king have adopted the impossible burger wouldn't it be such a great and bold statement for burger king now to go 100 percent plant-based just overnight what an inspiring message it would send out to the world because i think they're the sort of changes we actually need to make at this point um post coronavirus it would utterly revive their image so it'd be brilliant for business in the long term they'd they'd go from sort of negative health associations and yesterday's fast food to a sort of forward-thinking company with a great image they can afford to do it they'd have a whole new generation of conscientious youngsters eating there but they won't risk the short-term hit will they they won't risk that no
1: no and and that's the problem this is the problem veganism at the moment is still still too small it's still too small for that kind of change but it will happen and it's happening
0: this is why but These we need people to work. take the lead, don't we? We need, like, visionary companies, corporations and individuals to take the lead now. And this is why I believe that the problem won't be solved because Burger King, they, they have the destiny of the, you know, for, they, they're a big company, they're a profitable company. If they made this change, it, it would no doubt improve their revenues over time. And and sort of, yeah, you know, solid- Over
1: time is, is the problem yeah. is, you know, on their board, you'll have 11 people, of which 10 will be avid meat eaters, one will be a pescatarian or a vegetarian on Sundays or whatever. You're just not going to get, you're not going to get it. 50 years time, maybe, mm. but at the moment I think the best way is through the back door. You know, we had this, we had a test kitchen restaurant that we were going to keep open if it went well, but we were we were just breaking even at best, and that was based in Reading and Berkshire. And um, what we realized was actually, Let's sell to other restaurants here. You know, there's no point right. having a, if you like, a vegan version of a McDonald's when actually, very quickly, you got, you had vegan options coming in all the, all the other chains around the area, and then we started getting calls from some of these uh, restaurant chains going, can we, can we buy your burgers off, of right. you? So that's, that's kind of then we thought, okay, so we then got into, you know, slug and lettuce, patty and bun. Uh, we're just about to launch into another big burger chain in the UK as well. Um, just before Corona that, that kicked it uh, into the long grass unfortunately but this is what happened you know, so actually you know, change can come through the back door and in fact we saw with, with one of our customers they started with, with one uh, burger on the menu and they now have uh, three vegan burgers on the menu and that was only that's within a twelve month period and they've only got eleven things on the menu. So we've taken we've gone from a nine percent share of the menu wow. to just under thirty percent in twelve months. Nice. So I can see a I can see a time in ten years time or even earlier in that when it's a fifty percent share of the menu. So is
0: that how the business because, model is that how the business model came about that so you were just contacted when you had the restaurant saying can we use your your product and so it, you shifted the, the pivoted the business model because of that or was it already in the sort of well so
1: basically it was already in the pipeline. We, we were pivoting it, yeah in the sense that we were doing it more on and started having conversations with supermarkets so We so let's get these out into retail. And at the same time, we then got a call from one or two restaurants saying, "Could we serve your burgers and white label them?" You know, so we don't want to call it my own Burger. You know, and we don't have an ego. That's fine. You know, we don't have, we don't have to have little uh, flags on top of the burger. If you want to sell our burgers and you want to call them your own burger, we don't have a problem with that. Um, so that's how it happens. You know, so we don't demand that. You know, so if you know on, on various menus we're in a lot more chains than people know but it's because they don't want us on the menu because they want to call it their own and that's, again that's fine but it came about as once once we got one or two calls we thought oh geez okay there's a business here mm. and we got to the point when we were selling through one burger chain we were making more money than per week selling to, to that burger group than we were making in our own restaurant
0: wow. and
1: it was and I was spending 70, 70% of my time in that restaurant and 2% of the time on fulfilling an order and wow. selling selling a pallet. So I was like, well jack this in. So we, we finished with we closed down the restaurant with a heavy heart. Um, but it just didn't make sense. You know, I've obviously still I'm still running care homes and recruitment businesses. Wow. I am spending 70% of my time in in a restaurant that was not making any money. So it didn't make commercial sense or it didn't make time sense for me as an individual. And so we thought well let's let's share our burgers Far and wide into every possible pub chain and group around the UK, and let's get it into people's homes. And so that was kind of, you know, ever since then, business has been going great. Um, but when it was just a restaurant, it was terrible. Amazing. My wife was saying to me, Why are you spending 70% of your time? Uh, you're ignoring your other businesses, you know, your daughter hasn't seen you for two days, blah, blah. And I'm like, Geez, you know, I'm on this for a mission. You know, and I don't I don't I didn't even have to start Miami Burger up, you know, like the other businesses were were, were paying our way quite nicely. Mm-hmm. But it was it was, as you say, it was a mission. I I wanna make I wanna make a change, not just getting people to eat more veggie burgers, but actually to change minds and, and you do that by getting big, getting into those people, and then doing the big reveal, you know, then starting playing around with you know cognitive psychology with uh, semantics and yeah. and you know all of that kind of stuff that's the that's the going to be the fun over the
0: next 5 or 6 years. And this is a rhetorical question really but you know how important is it to have that purpose in your daily life of doing something rather than just, you know, doing something that's that's exclusively lucrative uh, and paying the bills comfortably and being in that comfort zone to, to have something which you re- that's really gratifying in your daily life and that gives you yeah. a sense of purpose. I mean that's just it's wonderful is it? that's what life is about.
1: And and this is the thing, you know, like you, when you and I look at the people in the care homes, and I think, and we're doing a great job. We look after, we give these people a great quality of life and a sense of purpose as well. Because actually, sense of purpose in life, I've realised, is so important. You know, oh we God. get people that will pass away if they don't have a sense of purpose, they will pass away very quickly. You see, you hear of the Japanese doctor that's. 79, 85 years old, they're still practicing. Yeah. The minute they retire, within a week they pass away. Right, yeah. And it's and it's they have they do, and this is why we say in the care home I, I get some of the residents to do something every day. So I'll say, Marjorie, your job is to make sure there's bird feed on the bird table every day. Can you do that for me? Yes I will, because those birds need feeding. Mm. And it gives them a sense of purpose and it really extends longevity of life and well being because they feel like they're adding something. And the same goes for my own burger. I was sat on the couch for five or six months, absolutely doing nothing with my life, thinking what what could I do? And what was I passionate about was converting hearts and minds. And I think to myself, when I'm when I'm on that deathbed, you know, we've been blessed and we've been given the opportunity to have a human experience, to, you know, have this experience on 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 Earth, on this planet. Mm. Are we going to squander it? What are we doing here? Are we just going to consume um, both materialistically, energy-wise? Are we just going to consume, consume, consume on this planet? Or are we going to give back? Are we going to make a change for the better? And if I can do that and have that sense of purpose by, you know, changing some hearts and minds and, you know, even if at the end of all of this, you know, it means that I've saved, you know, Ten cows' lives, or cheese, then I then I'll be happy because I you know I've saved I've saved lives that didn't need to go. And whether that's a cow, a dog, a human, you know it is a it is a being, um, it is a living soul, it is a spirit, or call it what you will. So kind of that's the kind of way I see it. And I want to leave this planet going. Do you know what? I've done some good here. I haven't just consumed and gone on. Fancy yeah. holidays and driven nice cars. I want to actually know that actually, you know, not I left a mark. You know, in an in a egoistic sense, you know, not. I don't want a bronze statue. Well, not, actually, I would like a bronze statue, but uh, <laughs> noted as, long as it's sustainable? Um, but you know, I I just want to know that you know, actually, I've come here, and I've and I've nudged the I've, I've nudged in my own little way, the the earth and and, and you know, consciousness in the, in the right direction. Amazing. If we can increase the frequency, you know, and elevate the frequency of humanity, you know, just slightly higher than what it is now, then that's a good thing, I guess. And
0: when you... And it's not even that altruistic doing something positive like that because it actually makes you feel so good. You could easily look at it from the perspective of it being a selfish act because, you know, when you do yes. something positive for the world, altruistically speaking, it makes you feel like a million bucks, you know? Seven feet tall. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's the... Um, it's the
1: old case, and I studied um, psychology when I was younger, and it's that kind of case where, you know, the person will often save the drowning dog from the lake because, had he not, he would have been riddled with guilt that he had not saved the dog from the lake, and therefore, actually, was it altruistic or was it self-interest that he didn't want to be riddled with guilt? Right. And it's kind of like, uh, yeah. yeah, you could you could take that to extreme, but yeah, it is um it is nice to to do to. To know that you're doing, yeah, good. Make and people good. go, yeah, well, yeah, but you're selling vegan burgers. That's not doing good. But you know, such suspicion about to... it, isn't there? There's such suspicion about it from the <gasps> old world. There is, and that's cool. But listen, the world is changing. You know, when I was at university, it was one in, one in twenty, were vegan or vegetarian, and they were predominantly vegetarian, mm. not vegan. It yep. was predominantly for religious reasons. Now that number's one in five. So you're having Amazing. a sea change that's happening, uh, and that, and you think those people are going to grow up, uh, their kids are going to come out, and that number is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. You know, there is not a push going in the other way. Right? There's not someone going, Do you know, what we need more, we need more beheadings mm. of animals. I'll tell you what, we need more methane. In the, we need more methane <laughs> in the air, and we need, and we need more industrialisation. We need to, you know, we need more livestock. You know. No one is making, if they are making that argument, they're going to be on the wrong side of history. And in the same way that we'll look back at black slavery and go, what the fuck were we playing
0: yeah.
1: We will look back you know, in a 100 years' time and go, do you remember when we used to eat other sentient beings, other animals? Go, yeah, what, what was that all about?
0: Yeah, I um, really hope that's the case. I really hope that that is the case.
1: Yeah, people can't see it, can they? They can't see it now, but you couldn't have seen it you know, and, and ironically if you've ever read the memoirs of, of black slavery you know, towards the end in the 1823, 1824 you would have people that were protesting against it and do you know what those protesters were called? They were called extremists Right.
0: Yep. you know, in the
1: same way the vegans are called extremists Fanatics. And it, yeah, that's it, you, you guys are just extremists, let me have my slave you don't have to have a slave if you don't want to but let me have my slave, mm. let me have my stake whoops slave so you know it's the same it's the same history is repeating itself you know and the last the last 20 years of the slave trade was done was making conciliations and you know giving yeah. people the freedom of the range and what have we been doing in the last 20 years oh don't worry we're moving to, you know co-op will be moving to free range eggs from 2025
0: oh that's nice god bless you it's not at the doorstep so it doesn't feel you know a clear and present danger but uh, you know as you said coronavirus has given us all time for rumination and i'm hoping that this world adversity will be a springboard for us to make changes but um i I, when i because i've been thinking about loss, i've been trying to think about it in the abstract and i just feel that we as a as a as humankind we have no pride in the planet do we? We have no pride. We just yeah. want to use it. We don't see it, we don't tend to it like a, a, our back garden, for example, something that we want to see grow and blossom and be beautiful. We don't view yeah. the world in that way at all and we don't view the world's no. beings in that way.
1: No, no, we don't and it's a shame. The, the planet Earth is a living being. It's just that because it doesn't look like a human, we don't regard it as such in the same way that if a cow could speak to you and go, do you mind if you don't um, rape me to get the milk that I was meant to give to my calf please mm. and can you not then um, behead me and then take my uh, skin and use it for a coat please. If, if a cow could speak to you in human words, oh my God. you'd never do it,
0: oh you'd never God. do it
1: mm. but, so does that mean silence, Is silence mean consent and the same goes for the planet, does someone's inability to speak the language that you speak, does that mean consent because if it does, crack let's crack on, I'm gonna to go to another country and rape and pillage them. Yeah. Because I can't bloody understand them. Mm. You know, and it's kinda of, well that's different though because it's a different animal. Four legs good, two legs bad and all that kind of stuff, you know. So, um see so yeah, it's I mean I, I do have hope for humanity, but I think it's gonna be a bit slower than I than a lot of people a lot of people are waiting for a big bang and I don't think it's gonna happen that way. Yeah. It needs to be slower.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, will we will we get into new habits now, though, or will we just become desensitized again, really, really quickly, to, to how fragile we are?
1: Yeah, well, I think I think a lot of people will make the change, I and mean, we, we've we've had some really really good sales over the last few weeks. I was going to ask time. you that.
0: Yeah, I mean, food yeah. businesses, a lot of them are thriving if they're they're sort of modern food businesses and they're able to send their foods to supermarkets, for example.
1: Well, frozen food has done well. Then we're fro- well, all of our food is frozen and what's actually happened is that, is that accidentally you know when everyone was all rummaging through the freezers and looting if you like <laughs> everything that was saying, I'll oh, get some Aunt Bessie's Yorkshire puddings," I'll get this I'll get that but actually they've sometimes picked our product up whether knowingly or unknowingly and go oh geez Janine there's nothing left apart from the bloody vegan burger. I'll oh, just buy them there <laughs> you know and they've tried them and they've like we had a couple of emails they've tried them and liked them mm. you know and um, I had an email going, look, I don't normally buy products or, you know, uh, but um, and I'm a meat but I've got to say, I love you, Louisiana chicken, but well done. And it's like, wow, that's amazing that accidentally someone is, you know, like t- brands trying to get trial and driving trial per- of purchase is like people pay a lot of money for that. You know, they, they get, they send out vouchers and all sorts to try and drive trial. Well, you know, coronavirus is accidentally through uh, hoarding, driven trial of some of our foods and it's worked. So it's nice, it's just then, as I say, how do you then hold on to those people and how do you convert them of in a way that doesn't annoy them, antagonize them and all of that, you know?
0: Mm. Um do you think from a business perspective, do you think there needs to be a specific target when you start a, a pursuit like this, an enterprise, does there need to be a specific target, a specific metric in mind, a desired number, a magic number in order to be successful?
1: Well, we're just growing the business. We don't have a target. We're just, you know, we we grow whether it's one extra case a week or a thousand a week. You know, I don't think there needs to be a target. Obviously, you know, if you're doing it to make money, um, then you've got to make sure that you can pay your staff and all of that jazz. It's got to make commercial sense. It's got to make commercial sense for the retailer as well. Of course. Otherwise, they're not going to do it. So. And is it competitive price wise? um, A a plant based menu and diet. It's good. it's going that way I mean the challenge is you know we, we we're currently developing um, sausages really really good sausages mm. like you would you would not know the difference I genuinely would, you wouldn't know the difference we started off making one hundred percent pea protein because pea is allergen free it doesn't have some of the social stigma that wheat does or some of the social stigma that uh, soy does so we, we went down the the pea route now pea you know, Genuinely, is about four times more expensive than soybean wow. protein. So, we then end up with a, a, a sausage, presented it to retailers. I go, Oh, yeah, I love it. Great. What's the price? I go, Oh, it's X. I go, oh, that's too much.
0: Mm.
1: Too much. So, then, you know, because retailers and because customers don't want to pay more than £2.90 for six or eight sausages, you know, they're. They're they happy to pay a slight premium for
0: plant-based, but not much. You know, and therein lies the problem. And yeah, lies the problem. economies of
1: scale. They're yeah. subsidised by they're subsidised by the government. Yeah. They're subsidised by the big agriculture, uh, subsidised by the government, and people don't place enough uh, enough value on their health. This mm. is the this is the other problem. Like, we're finding we're, we're struggling with some. Um, we're getting into some retailers, the more if you like, the more discounter type of retailers, because actually. They want everything at a quid fifty or two quid. I go yeah, but and I can tell them all day long, but don't worry, ours that our you know, our vegan chicken doesn't contain titanium dioxide or oh, and our and our um our burgers don't contain any MSG or they don't contain any palm oil or any they don't care.
0: They'd that's go, secondary. I need, that's I secondary need two
1: patties for a quid. You know, and it's like well, um, you know, that's a challenge and there are plant based retail there are plant based companies that can do that. But, you know, I can Jack in my soybeans that are made in Europe and buy some from the Amazon. That will get them cheaper. It's not right for the environment, not right for sustainability, but I can do that. I can then jack in, uh, you know, the rapeseed oil that we use and use palm oil. That's cheaper. It's not yeah. right. It's not right for people's health, nor is it right for sustainability. But this is the th- this is the danger. So we've stuck to our guns. We said, you know what? We we're, we're not right for you as a retailer then. Quite, and are you absolutely
0: got, intent on doing that throughout, whatever the trajectory of the business? so You're happy. You're going to stick with that sort of mission and keep things healthy. And yeah, we've, turned, we've turned a few
1: things down. We've turned. There was a huge opportunity for us to make sausage rolls uh, yeah. um, for for a well known um, chain, and um, but but we didn't want to. We didn't want to add the pastry to it because the pastry. In order to make the pastry, not only the pastry is unhealthy, but um, it's it's hydrogenated um, palm or coconut oil but again because it needs to be um solid at room temperature and we don't want to put our name next to something like that you're going to dilute don't... the
0: brand if you do it even though you have to make hard decisions at this time you know you, you you'll dilute the brand if you move away from your your principles
1: and and it's getting a crowded space over there it's a very crowded market now plant-based it wasn't two years ago but it's very crowded now mm. and so actually what you know you need to have a usp here and if and if okay. you go down the route of just chasing every quid and every dollar then actually your usp goes away but if your usp is do you know what? we are here for health health and health uh, and actually as you know i'm secretly here for animal welfare and welfare animal welfare but you know you can't be that's not good business sense at the moment it's not good commercial sense to go out there and go oh by the way all of you carnivores you're all evil you know because it's not yeah you know it's not going to make any sense but um but, you know, if we can get you've on health... You've got
0: to sell the, promote the benefits rather than shaming them for their... And, and not only that, interest. but you've just got to look
1: at the stats. I mean, health for us is a good commercial decision as well because you look at you look at obesity now. You've got sixty over 60% of the UK public are overweight. Uh, one in three or 29%, I think it's 30 this year, are clinically obese. Uh, those numbers go up every single year. They've never gone down since time began. So you've got one in three of the population that are clinically obese... Um, in about 10 years time that'll be about 38 to 40 percent depending on trajectories and looking at what's happened in other countries that are a lot higher you look at some of the polynesian french polynesian nations that have got obesity up at 50 percent and they were where we were 11 12 years ago so mm. you've got a huge issue here in terms of obesity that's happening in the country uh, the nhs is placing more emphasis on it so actually for us right focusing on health is a commercial decision because actually um, we'll still be here selling burgers at 0.6 grams of saturated fat when everyone else is selling 8, 910 some of our competitors are 18 grams of sat fat. Ours is 0.6. So when you're ready to come and try our burgers, we'll still be here selling a super healthy burger you know
0: Yeah, right and this is clear distinction between a possible burger again isn't it? would you imagine their cost per unit is a lot lower because they they're not there isn't quite that sort of emphasis on, on sort of healthy, uh ingredients um do you know what? i don't know the thing the difference between
1: us and impossible and beyond impossible and beyond have tried to mimic um beef to the absolute nth degree right. in terms of taste i you know we we don't you know taste and were,
0: texture they just want to completely clone mix. it they just want to
1: completely it. which is cool which is great and hats off to them we're we're going down a slightly different route um while stars taste very very similar it's not it's not going to give you that absolute Angus steak uh, burger. And the reason for that is because, in order to do that, you need to add a lot more saturated fat and you need to add a lot more um, other things in there. Like, you know, Impossible Burger's got the soy hemoglobin, the soy uh, lee hemoglobin in it, which is a GMO. Uh, this is why it's not in the UK yet, it's because it's got GMO in it. And, um, so whilst it's in it's in places like Singapore and the US, it, it's not in Europe yet. They filed for it though, but we don't want to go down the route of putting um, that particular GMO um, ingredient in ours because it's been linked to various um, cancers, colon cancers. So there's been some studies, so we're shying away from that. Um, I'm not saying that uh, those guys, you know, and, and their ingredients got that in it, but it's for us, it's a personal choice. Uh, we're not going to go down the road of you know trying to get that because you know they use those kind of things to get that kind of if you like hemi irony taste that you would mm. get you know the right. blood if you like um, okay. but so so we're not going to try and mimic you know uh, those guys but those guys have done a stellar job in terms of mimicking and, and and they've converted a lot of people but that's that's where we slightly differ if you like from them in terms of what we what we can offer the market
0: yeah, I can't understand why meat eaters would like the Impossible Burgers. I just I find it too meaty. I have to stop. I mean, last time I had an Impossible Burger, I had to stop eating it because I felt like I was eating meat.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and a very similar taste profile as well. In terms of in terms of sat fat as well, I think it's it's similar sat fat. So um, <sighs> so you know something's like eight grams of sat fat. So ours is about zero point six. So you know it's like you can eat ten of ours for one of theirs. Yeah. And obviously not from a calorie perspective or a salt perspective, but. You know, we focus. We like to focus on saturated fat because we think that's important. Um, but yeah, so that's you know, that's that's their bag.
0: Plant-based is is clearly a, a vertical market, and you guys are doing brilliantly. You've you've gone into Spain. What what's the deal with Spain, and and, and why the Netherlands? Is it all happening organically, or are you sort of strategically planning to go into? Uh, well, uh, the and when Spain, are you coming to America?
1: Yeah, well, the Spain thing happens when when we got when we got locked down. We thought, well, look, food service restaurants bars are dead you know let's go hunting in in fresh territory so you know we, we so made a really
0: that. recent thing then
1: yeah oh yeah, yeah absolutely within the last six weeks um, wow. so it was like um let's go you know this was happening so we, we started putting the calls out just before lockdown and it's it's um you know it's going well you know we're one we're in two online nation- nationwide retailers there and you know Brilliant. a splattering of independence so yeah we're hoping to get into a big supermarket there hope, hope sometime this year um but yeah, Spain's got a vibrant vegan vegan market. Actually, I didn't I didn't really know that until
0: um, bizarre. Yeah, it's it, to me when I'm doing the, any research, Spain always comes up as one of the meatiest countries in the world. Yeah, in terms yeah, same of, for the, me. Yeah.
1: Same for me. But but there is a counterculture there. You see, in similar similar to places like Argentina. You know, mm. you, you know, you know it for steaks and stuff. But there is a counterculture. Yeah. And it's a younger culture, a younger generation that's that's doing that. The people that are against bullfighting in Spain are often the ones that you know you can't be adamantly against bullfighting and then eat a cow you know right. do you know what i mean so if they're if you're against bullfighting and you live in spain it kind of therefore there is a logical conclusion that ends up going well, okay, well why am i still eating of you course know, yeah why and am he's... i eating that um and the netherlands yeah the netherlands uh it's a um, conscientious place yeah netherlands are you know netherlands are way ahead of the game on some of this stuff um when they're not when they're not stoned and on magic mushrooms or magic truffles now <laughs> mushrooms are banned over there um, they are um, yeah they're conscientious so um, I think there's big opportunities in in the Netherlands we want to come to the US we've we've had some, we've, we sent some samples to a couple of big uh, a big fast food chains over there last year uh, they decided to go with um, you know the impossibles and the beyonds of the world. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's expensive because we've got to ship it out there frozen, um, yeah. so that adds a cost in the same way that Beyond is more expensive in the UK because it's adding a cost across the across the ocean. We're similar to that, but you know, so we we're definitely keen to be in the US and Canada. We've just got to find, you know, a good distribution partner that can, um, can get us over there because I think make it happen. You, yeah, yeah, I, I think America are ready for a a very healthy burger. You know, we're with we, we would poo on everyone in terms of the health credentials there. And I think that's what in the moment people can go, well, Yeah, but you talk about impossible or beyond, but look at look how much sat fat, look how many calories there are in it. Well, you know, if you can compare us to those beef burgers that's where we'll nail them, you see.
0: Um... Totally. And Americans are getting more health conscious. And, you know, look, we always think of America as such a meat-loving country, and it is, but there's 320 million people here. And, you know, there's, 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 you, there's definitely enough market share for plant-based food out here. It's the same with wine. My company that I work with has started importing natural wines from Europe. And, um, you know, I was initially concerned, apprehensive thinking, well, you know, the California wine making industry is, is huge and it's 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 burgeoning every month. It's getting bigger and it's amazing wine. But of course, there's still always a niche for alternatives.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the wine market that over the next 10 years. I think there's going to be more a, a great push to for biodynamic, organic, low Absolutely. tanning,
0: independently produced as well. Maybe we'll yeah. move back towards that again.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely never say never
0: how's coronavirus affected miami burgers day-to-day existence in general have you found that this is one of the few companies that's actually thriving or have you had your own challenges
1: uh so on the on the food service side restaurants bars obviously that's virtually dead so that's mm. a challenge for us on the retail side uh it's you know it's going well but it could be going better because the the social distancing in the supermarkets has meant that you 're not getting floods and floods of people in there now it's less people down the aisle so actually main estate grocery retail is down about 15 20 percent but we're doing we're doing well you know it's um it's just we're on hold at the moment in terms of you know making some of those other big moves into the likes of Acada and whatnot we're frozen they don't want any new lines any more complications in the supply chain so yeah it's um you know we're, we're in it for the long term not the short term so you know we'll, we'll, we'll
0: get there Brilliant. You've been so generous with your time and I could speak to you for hours. I'm going to fire a few more questions at you and then I'll, I'll wrap it up and let you get on with your busy day. Great, thank you. Um, in 100 years' time, do you think we'll look back with disdain about how people used to eat meat? Yes. Amazing. In 100 years' time, do you think we will uh, believe that plants have feelings and stop eating them too?
1: Oh, God, that's a question, isn't <laughs> it? Uh, there's talk of that already. Um, I don't think, no, not not in the same way. I think, and and I think, if you do go down that road, then actually, you know, most of the plants at the moment, if you like soybeans, are are grown and given to livestock. So if you, if you, if you are worried about plant sentience, then then stop eating animals because because they're grown and and given to cows. So
0: yeah. Good perspective. Um, Who's the most fascinating person you know and why? I think
1: there's a few. There's uh, Terence McKenna, Joe Dispenza. Doctor Joe Dispenza is really uh, very very bright greg braden uh, these are probably random people no one knows about but maybe they can google them this is exactly all... why
0: i do the podcast to to you know expose these sorts of references
1: yeah yeah so they're, they're all very very interesting people i think
0: what's the strangest thing you've ever seen i suppose we, we've already delved into astral projection perhaps that was it
1: astral projection yeah astral projection uh if you've ever done dimethyltryptamine or ayahuasca uh and and poked your head through the veil into another dimension that's wow. quite that's quite interesting as
0: well you've experienced it then
1: yes obviously legally in a legal country would never want to do that in the uk of course god you had shamans and everything yeah oh yeah absolutely um so yeah so that those those kind of things are absolutely you know they don't they they're kind of complete ego destroying right um, don't have fear of death you know love of life
0: and you all know, that's, that's I've, I've never taken ayahuasca and I'm really intrigued by it and I think I will do at some stage. I've, you know, I've tried psilocybin and magic mushrooms and all that sort of stuff and you do get such an incredible feeling of clarity and, uh, and a stripping of the ego when you're doing the mushrooms but I always find that that wears off. I've heard that ayahuasca can give you, can leave some sort of permanent inspiration and different perspectives.
1: Yeah, so I've, I haven't done ayahuasca but I've done DMT which okay. is obviously the active uh, component yep. of that but yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, I, I'll psych myself up to do ayahuasca one day, but you know, I don't. know Often, some people you know, go to plant medicine because they've got some kind of issue in their life or trauma that they want to resolve, and I don't have that. You know, I'm, I was, you know, had a fairly normal life, so I, you know, I don't want to go into something and just uh, get beaten up by some type of space entity because I was just pondering. <laughs> I thought I'd just do it for seven hours, so I'll go there when I need it, when it calls me, so to speak. I think.
0: Don't forget.